Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Elio. He's Ben. This is the Pink Sea Percussion Wrestling Podcast. Ben, how's it going? Not bad, man. Um, you know, I, I think the the week in, in wrestling in general was kind of uh, subpar. Um, but we do, uh, we do have um, a few pieces of, of news. Really? Before. So... This is a first. Uh, we haven't had news in a while. Let's hear it. Yeah. Yes. So the the first piece of news is that um, WWE has officially announced that that SummerSlam will not be taking place in the Performance Center, but yet it'll be taking place in the Amway Center. Hmm. Um, okay. Which, which is, which is weird because, you know, part of part of me wants to be happy that they moved out of the performance center because, you know, I think we've seen that, that the, the the product there uh, has has really sucked. It's also kind of it's also enough of the performance center already. Yeah, I mean they've they've had every single show there since since um, you know since uh, well, yeah. well, since Money in the Bank, I think. Yeah, it's enough already. We've we already, we've already seen it from Rim Center. Yeah, I I was my pause was I couldn't remember if it was Elimination Chamber or uh, or Money yep. in the Bank. Yep. But um, I gotta, I gotta tell you, and and the the plan for that is that they're going to have virtual fans. Oh man, uh, I wonder how that's gonna work. That should be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to that kind of. Uh, no, <laughs> well, we're gonna just have to respectfully agree to disagree, and and here's my reasoning for that. Oh boy. You know, WWE has um, has a history of always saying that they're the first ones to do so. No, we we've seen virtual fans in uh, in three of the top four, um, you know, American sports. I haven't, not yet, because I haven't seen any baseball or any sports outside of wrestling. Well, I have, and I, I'm here to tell you, it's it's just, just it's 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 not gonna it's not gonna work. You're gonna is, it have, not, is, it, is it not good? How does it work? You've seen it. You've seen it. How does it work? Like how do virtual fans work? So, so one approach is they have like cardboard cutouts. One one approach is they have like, for instance, there was a there was a. Um, Cardboard cutout of Jim Ross visible on camera um, at, a, at, a, at a basketball game for the NBA. What? Um, and you know they they had um, they had a virtual version of um, Little Wayne attempting to give a high five to an actual uh, to another, and they were doing slow motion like this. Oh come on, stop. Wait, wait. Uh, oh boy. And then the and then the other the other thing that um they're doing is like 
virtual, uh, you know, like Zoom stuff. Um, the virtual uh, Zoom. Mm, I'm not sure. Well, and, and but science sounds better than that cutouts. <laughs> it, well, it's 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 not, but. <laughs> Or, or no, not 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 Zoom. Um, what uh, what is what is the uh, what is the um? No, you know where they they've had superstars, you know, call in from home and stuff like that. That's what that's what they want to do with fans. They want to have actual fans, you know, call in like you know, air their actual reactions like they did on um, Tout several years ago. You know, that short-lived phenomenon. Okay, um, I think I saw that, yeah. It was like a square, and they had all these uh, square boxes around it, uh, a smaller square with all the action in the ring. Exactly. And, um, and, he, and, here's, and here's the thing, okay? It's, it's very, it would be a very simple, creative, uh, you know, solution here. Um, all you, all you have to do is, you know, do a Zoom watch party. It, it's, it's, it's the same, it's the same concept they've been using on, um, you know, on SmackDown. On Periscope, yeah, but on Periscope, they do it on Periscope, which is, yeah, so, which so, fans don't go to Periscope for any other reason other than wrestling, because Periscope sucks. Sorry. Well, I agree, but anyway, um, <clears throat> but anyway, so so why not just host a Zoom watch party where you can have where you can have actual fans, and you know our mutual friend and I were having this conversation. You know, it's just oh, and the other thing, and 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 the other uh, um. What what was what what was I gonna say? Oh oh yes, and the other approach um, that WWE was was suggesting is inserting CGI um, fans like from from video like the video games and stuff. I'm like, you know, people people, that's not gonna work. Oh, come on, you they're know? Not, they're not real people. They're video games. Well, and, but in, and the thing is, the, the thing is, you know, AEW is is doing. I hate the social distancing when it comes to you know the the fans that they have. Um, I mean, I I do. I hate the concept of social distancing, but they're they're taking their role seriously. They're not just doing. You know, temperature checks. They have, you know, people walking around and enforcing the policy. Um, you know, I, I've seen that before. Yeah, so don't have someone like this big man running things. Um, but you know, I mean, I could, I could get into how hypocritical that is. But anyway, um, and then so the the next piece of of news is that. Uh, Velveteen Dream ha has made a 
surprise return to WWE NXT. Now, now, I'm not, I'm not making fun of any anybody, but I, I just find it interesting how, you know, everybody thought he was done when the allegations came out. And I always said that if they're true, absolutely, you know, they're, they're done. I mean, you know, I think people were expecting the same thing to happen to him as, as what happened to, to Enzo. And then, but my point is, what happened to, to the concept of innocent until proven guilty? You know, it's just, yes. You know, there are two accusers, um, you know, that I know of uh, that are, uh, you know, like releasing statements against Velveteen right now. Um, and, of course, they're bashing WWE for bringing them back. Uh, and, you know, once again, if it's, if it's true, then, you know, I, w I would assume there would, there would have to be a thorough investigation, and I think there would be because people like, you know, Jack Gallagher, people like those refs from um, NXT UK, they got immediately released, and, you know, apparently a thorough investigation was put forward because because you know WWE, I mean, anytime they get, you know, bad publicity, they are on the, you know, they're looking for heads to put on the chopping block. So the, the fact that they bought Velveteen Dream back in, in the midst of um, all of these allegations um, leads me to believe that um, that he had the evidence um, of his defense, at least in his mind, um, re ready and available to have them look at. And I would have to assume that that Vince and the WWE higher-ups are pretty damn sure he didn't do anything um, or pretty damn convinced of it because, you know, WWE is not going to bring – bring back a, you know, a, accused, you know, rapist um, at this point in time, unless that there's, there's some, you know, solid evidence being, um, you know, being presented. And my, and my thing is, like I said, it's, it's innocent until proven guilty, not guilty until proven innocent, you know, and and I just, I just wish that people um, wouldn't, you know, eviscerate every single person because, you know, that that um, speaking out movement that's uh, been going on, and of course we had the Matt Riddle situation. That was that was another that was another um, situation where he, the guy had the evidence and and you know he he came out and admitted you know that that yes he made you know he made a mistake and i and you know what it's not that i'm, that I'm gl glancing over adult adultery but you know 
that that's that's something that um, is uh, I mean it's a bad look. But once again, that's between that's between the parties involved, you know. And if they if they've worked it out, and you know, if he was honest about the situation, um, then you know what you know even people never been guilty of adultery before i mean you know it's just it, this this cancel culture thing is just ridiculous because because there were a lot of very solid very disturbing um truths pointed out um as it relates to the speaking out movement and then when you have when you have allegations like this where you know where the evidence points the other way well thank god that's true but you know it's just if if something is untrue then that paints the actual victims of of sexual abuse or otherwise in the same boat as uh you know a false accuser you know and it's just it's very dangerous because when when you ju when you just have a blanket approach to to everything that's associated with a with a controversy or a cancel culture and then everything gets in the same in the same pot you know it gets really jumbled and then you know it's like oh well this got sorted out this got sorted out you know I just, I just think it's, it's very dangerous, and you know, you really have to wait for, um, wait for the the justice uh, system or investigation uh, to uh, to complete its process. Now, I understand that the justice system isn't isn't that per perfect by a long shot. It actually. Um, is very flawed in a lot of ways, as we've seen uh, with what's going on in uh, society today. But you know, it's just you know, don't don't ruin the guy, you know, and and then and then when he's when he's proven you know innocent in the case of of or at least upfront and honest. It, had the conversation with his wife as it relates to Matt Riddle and people are still, you know, burying him. I just, I, you know, I don't get it. Um, you know, but it's just like, mind your own business and, and, you know, let people, let people make a living. And, you know, as we, as we've seen, you know, a lot of, a lot of wrestlers have been, you know, found guilty in this situation, but I think there are, there are some, who who are not and you know so I, i'm not a, i'm not a big fan of of cancel culture in general because i think you have to you have to view each case uh individually um and then the the other piece of news speaking of of you know the speaking out movement is that Jimmy Havoc was released from 
AEW and then is that, is, that, is that for real or is that because they were I read that they were just talking about him at meetings but is that for real now yeah there are you know there are two there are two reports and one was updated saying that AEW has confirmed the release of of um Jimmy Havoc you know but in it <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, and then the other news is um, Bea Priestley, uh, Sadie Gibbs, and then I think uh, there was one other. There was one other name. Uh, Are also Bea released. What? Are also released. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm upset about Sadie Gibbs because they made such a big deal about signing her and bringing her in, and they never used her except on dark. Well, but but and and that's because of um, but that's because of the travel restrictions coming from. Well, no, no, I'm talking about like even before uh, the COVID. Like they made yeah. a they made a big deal about like signing her like she's she was Australian she was this big name that they were that they were like uh, building up and now they just released her we never even got to see her on Dynamite we only ever saw her on Dark. Yeah, and, and I think I think it's just a a, a sad uh, scenario there, um, but you know so definitely. Uh, uh, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see um, where those people land when um, when all this settles down. So, um, and then the there was there was a, I thought there was one other piece of news. Um, That's it. That's all three pieces that we've covered. Oh yeah, and then. Um, Oh, we, we, we did the uh, WB in the Amway Center, we did um, the Velveteen Dream News, and we did, um, yeah, you said there was another one. Uh, no, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making sure we, we had the, the um, everything covered. All right, so when you say we get into this, what do you say we get into this week's shows? Absolutely, and uh, oh my god! And we're going to start with Monday Night Raw. Now I'm going to switch over here, so you, I won't be able to see you, but you can see me because I'm going to be looking at my computer here. So our first match has Seth is a contract signing. Well, begins Monday at Raw begins with a contract signing for the match between Seth Rollins and Dominic Mysterio. 
And that leads into the first match, Rollins versus Humberto. Oh, you're skipping over something. No, 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 I'm not not taking it. I'm just saying that leads into the first match of Seth Rollins versus Humberto Carrillo. But, uh, yeah, Dominic took some candlestick shots. Uh, those were the, okay. Those were not just kendo stick shots. That was a legit ass whooping. There was no, there was no kayfaving on that one. Okay, they beat the shit out of that individual. Now, now, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Afterwards, they showed the picture. I saw the picture on Instagram. Fans. Go look up this picture and then uh, tell me that wrestling is fake. Yeah, yeah, okay. It, you know, it's it's a um, it, it's a core it's a choreographed um, you know thing. But however, there's nothing there's nothing fake about what about what these people put themselves through no and that's what i'm saying like people that yeah. s- that still say all oh, this stuff is fake you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah take, well, take a look well, at that picture and then tell me well i'm 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 just agreeing with you but yeah. the, the the uh thing the thing for me is this um i i don't want to hear any criticism of Dominic Mysterio, you know, at, at this point in time, because you know whatever dues he had to pay, he had to pay, you know, he paid them right there, and you know, and I, I give that kid so much credit because, you know, he did, he could have, you know, found a reason not to do that, you know, but it, it really showed me that. He wanted it, and you know, yes, it was it was gory. It was it was a little hard to watch, but I I I, saw, I, I really like you know what I liked. Yeah, Seth Rollins. Hi, Dad. <laughs> you know, hi, Papa Ray. Um, you know, but the, the, and then <laughs> but you know, so yeah, it just and and the other part of it was that was really like i was very surprised but also kind of digging it was the the religious overtones of the you know the crucifixion um when um when they tied dominic up uh, in between the ropes and then you know rollins was hitting them from the front and you know um, Murphy was hitting them from the back. Okay, so it wasn't uh, really bad, like what you see that we did. I don't know if you know about that one. Um, well, no, no. I mean that was ECW's version was was just yeah, gr- gr- you know, blasphemous and gratuitous to say the least. Yep. Now, um, okay, so the side I'm looking at, I gave that segment and match a B. I, I absolutely loved it, and I, I would actually, I would actually, um, regular. I thought, I thought that segment, not necessarily the, the match, but, but before and after, um, were very, very good. So. Um, 
You know, I, I, I felt like this show was, I mean, you know, the, the, the show and the segments that we're going to talk about, those were, those were the only good parts of the show. Like the rest of it was complete garbage. And so while I'm excited about um, some of what we saw, it's just like, okay, well, that's three segments out of a three-hour show, you know, and and you you reportedly pitched um, 30, 30 segments or so um, for this taping, and it was little down to that, and, you know, and it's just, it's ridiculous that these people, um, just are completely just over their heads with what they're trying to write. And I, I give the, um, the performers a lot of, a lot of credit, but the one person that I don't, uh, particularly like in this scenario, even though I liked his performance, um, was Seth Rollins because he was, he was going after the fans, for, you know, for, you know, saying that the the storyline lacked long-term storytelling, and then they said if you pay, he said if you pay attention, it does, and he just he continues to find ways to rail against the fans, and I'm I'm not saying that all fans are perfect, but I mean it's just. This guy doesn't doesn't portray himself very well on social media, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, oh, go on. No. I, um, I was done. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, uh, we had two matches back to back. We had Angelo Dawkins versus Andrade, and following that, we had Bianca Belair versus Selena Vega. Dawkins defeating Andrade, and Bianca Belair defeating Selena, Selena Vega. Okay, and here's here's the thing. This is what this is what conf- confused me um, because they had that awesome uh, segment or or um, or Twitch stream segment with um, Selena and uh, and yeah, yeah, with Kayla yeah. Braxton, yeah. Yeah, but yet they don't mention it on the show itself, and it's it's just like what? I mean, wouldn't yeah. wouldn't it have made perfect sense to mention that? And and the the thing is, you know, I like uh, Selena Vega as a as a character, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure she should be in the ring for for that amount of time against Bianca Belair. I thought that was a little bit ridiculous. Okay. So. And uh, yeah, so this segment got the, these two matches got a B plus. Um, I would have to respectfully disagree with that entirely. Following that, we have Apollo Cruz versus Shelton Benjamin. Okay, well, we can just skip over that because that's an obvious low point. Yep, with Benjamin defeating Cruz by pinfall, this got a C, so yep, that works. Next, we have 
Oh boy. The Viking Raiders ricochet. Cedric I and Cedric Alexander versus the Hero Tazawa and his ninjas. Are we done? I, I just, this is so <laughs> stupid, okay? Between... I, can't, I can't believe it. Wait, wait, Extreme Rules was last month, right? Yeah. I can't believe we're still going with these ninjas. Between the, nin- between the ninjas and these retribution people, you know, it, it's just, it's, get, it's getting a little bit ridiculous. And, and I, um, the ninjas are just so stupid. I don't, I don't understand that at all. It's but, ridiculous. And, uh, of course, they gave this match a, a D. Well, and very justifiably so. I think they would have been kind, actually. <laughs> you would have given it an F. Um, I would have given it a Z. What? Z? What do you get Z from? Oh, zero. Yeah. That works. Then we have Liv Morgan versus Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce picking up the win in this match. Oh, for fuck's sake. And this match got a D. Justice has been served, ladies and gentlemen. However, Peyton Royce said they need her new finisher, and this new finisher is called the Deja Vu. Oh, Christ. They couldn't come up with something better. Don't worry, Peyton, I still love him. You know, but actually, actually, in, um, in, 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 in real life, she, I mean, she, she absolutely seems like a, like a sweetheart. It's just... She's funny, especially on TikTok. She's hilarious. Her and Sean Spears are both hilarious. Like, yeah, yeah. Because I follow them on TikTok and Instagram and they even have their own, she even has their own YouTube channel. I'm, sh- I'm sure you know all about Ben social media. Um, <laughs> I'm a uh, fan. I told you. They're iconic. More, more like, more like, oh my god! You know, bathroom break instantly, uh, <laughs> or you know, or does or does my pug need to go outside or something? Next, okay, so we went from one match they got a D to the next match, Bailey versus Oscar. This was not a bad match. I enjoyed this one. Yeah, this was this was good. Oscar defeating Bailey by submission to earn a Raw Women's Championship match against Sasha Banks at SummerSlam. This match, this match got an A. Right, right, and the and the transition at, at the end to get to get the tap um, was absolute was absolutely um, fan, fantastic. It went from uh, actually. Uh, Actually, I don't have the. Why don't I have the review in front of me? But um, so um, the the ending of the match was awesome for me because Bailey thought she had it in the bag, so she she was mocking uh, Kyrie Zane, and then which gave Oscar the the time to hit the Oscar lock, which was just. It was a great transition to get to get the tap. It was, 
I, I was I was thoroughly entertained uh, by this match, and it it was def it was definitely a a testament as to why I think uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks are the most entertaining things on the show. Now, here's here's what I, here's what I don't un- understand is. And we'll get into this more on our uh, SmackDown review because it kind of it kind of just wraps this whole uh, thing up in a very confusing uh, way for me. But it'll 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 make sense when I get there. So so Asuka defeats ba- defeats Bailey, which means that she she faces Sasha Banks for the for the Raw Women's Championship at SummerSlam. That that's that's fine. Uh but it's still gonna be it it's still it's still gonna have a, a triple threat match at um at the pay-per-view because now Asuka will have to compete in two matches is her triple threat match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it'll be it'll be two matches for Asuka in one in one night. She'll have to face Sasha Banks, and then and then it's a a triple threat a triple threat match between um between Bailey. See, I'm even confusing myself. I don't know. I don't know why why they did this. It was so. It's still gonna be the same the same triple threat match that we were supposed to get. So I, either either Which way, what? Which triple threat matches? What, what is it? Asuka, Bailey, and S- Sasha Banks because. So, How is it Oscar Bailey and Sasha Banks in a triple threat match? That doesn't make sense. Oh no, oh, what's going on? What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm all discombobulated. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna take a brief pause here. Yeah. So um n- now that now that I have uh cleared my head of the fog created by this crazy WWE creative decision let, let me let, let me explain the madness of what actually happened on Monday Night Raw and going into into Smackdown okay so what we what we saw on Raw was an awesome match between Asuka and 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 Bailey and the this match was awesome great a definitely one of the three highlights of the show the three highlights of the show were obviously the beginning segment this one and the end the ending one but the the ending sequence in in this match was was absolutely incredible because 
Bailey thought that she had um, thought that she had Oscar where she, where she wanted her. So she she started mocking uh, mocking Kyrie's in because she got fired and she was doing the whole you know pirate horn uh, dance thing, and then it, it quickly got turned into into an an Oscar lock for for the tap out and the and the transition into that was absolutely uh phenomenal uh so th that was definitely a highlight for, for me and as a result oscar defeats bailey by submission to earn a raw women's championship match against thanks at wwe SummerSlam. so but here's here's the thing that confuses confuses me and, and why my co-host has been patient as a saint while I tried to wrap my head around this bullshittery and buffoonery. <laughs> that that's gonna that's gonna be um that that's gonna be our new catchphrase almost as much as um as uh, now look because this this made me want to roll roll my eyes across my keyboard so we're gonna we're gonna see Asuka in two matches at SummerSlam which I'm like why because because we're gonna we're, one we're gonna have Asuka versus Sasha Banks but then we're we're still gonna have the the same triple threat match we were supposed to have the first time as a second match later that night. So what's the point of of having of having Asuka do two matches if all all it was gonna lead to was the same triple threat match? Why not just do the triple threat match and cut out all the bullshit? I mean, is, is that so hard? I mean, literally, literally trying to trying to figure out um, this whole scenario. And ladies and gentlemen, I watched the show, and and you know, and in my head when I was watching it, I'm like, what the hell? And then as I'm trying to explain it to you the first time, I probably sounded as if I was smoking a little something. Well, I wasn't smoking a little something. Literally, someone in, someone in the back in the creative department, a.k.a. Vince McMahon or Kevin Dunn, was smoking some, some seriously good shit, though, because what the fuck is the point of this? I mean, you know, just, just cut out the... The, the bullshit, you know, and lessen the strain on, on Oscar and just have one, one badass triple threat match. Okay, because if, if you're going to, I might as well get into this, into this now since we're, we're talking about it. Okay, because on, on SmackDown, one of, uh, one of the, one of the marquee matches of the night was, 
a battle a battle royal. And that battle and that battle royal was um was to to it was a tr- triple band battle royal to earn the SmackDown Women's Title match at SummerSlam. Okay, you you could have put so many people in that position to give us a fresh match. Because let me tell you something. I would have been. I am excited to see to see this triple threat match. I just, I, you know, I just don't understand why somebody else couldn't get an opportunity at that second championship because the the, the women's divisions of WWE are completely are completely fucked up and convoluted as it is. You know what? You know why not? Because you don't have hardly a division at all on either show so why not why not merge the divisions and create fresh matches fresh competition something new which which is which is something wwe doesn't seem capable of right now because we're we're dealing with we're we're dealing with you know a uh a wanna a wanna be vigilante group, which, which is which is incredibly uh, insen- insensitive, um, given the given the current events of the world. So now that's that's fucked up. But it's not like it's not like we haven't seen seen this before. Like I I would be happy with this storyline if if it was if it was logical because my my issue with um with this whole retribution storyline is it's very clear as the fans are watching it that these people have no idea where they want to go with it there's not because you know, last last week, the um, the ma- the mass retribution members, and and to me, it's very obvious as to who uh, some of these people are. Um, you know, but but last week, they they looked smaller than me, and and this week. You know they're they jacked up motherfuckers. Now, I I I give them some cr- credit for recognizing the stupidity of of having of having what looks like five middle school children, you know, t- tearing up cars and breaking windows. Um, but you know it, it's it's just so uh, confusing and, and and convoluted um, because. You know why? Why don't you? Why don't you ex- explain to us? You know ha- how cars get overturned. Show us. You know some some footage, like, or like you know whose car was it? Or you know 
some something like that. Make make it matter. You know, because because if if you recall this and this is something that I like. You know, back in two thousand four, um, Eddie um. Eddie Guerrero had uh, destroyed um, JBL's, you know, stretch limo, and um, and what what ended up happening there was JBL was going for going for revenge on what he thought was uh, was Eddie's car, and it turned out to be Teddy Long's car, and it was like you know. He, Teddy Long was like, what the, what the hell are you doing? So, so something like that, you know, to, to, to make it entertaining, but just just having, you know, having these people perform, you know, pedestrian acts for pretty much that could have, that could have been performed by hooligans TPing a house after a, a rowdy college party or some shit. You know that doesn't entertain me, and you know, and y- using using what's going on right now, in in this capacity, is it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's it it's so clearly a knockoff of what they've done already that it's like, why would I want to see it again? You know what's What's their whole purpose for being here? I don't get it. So that's my whole concern, you know, rant over. But suffice to say, this uh, this retribution shit, it has got to go because it's not working for me. But was that was that a long enough rant for? Ran for you, Elio, because I, I feel like I need a drink after after getting myself all round up. God, are you, are you okay? God damn. Are you okay? Is everything fine? I I feel better now after after I, I I've come down off of what off of what I felt was a bad weed trip trying to figure out this <laughs> fucked up logic. <laughs> I was about to play and I got a Davida during that rant. The trip I would die and butterfly while you were talking. <laughs> Speaking exactly. of which, that sounds like something I could actually do with this show. <laughs> and, and, and you should because that that would be an, that would be an excellent you know edit because you know ladies ladies and ge- ladies and gentlemen by the time by the time you hear this live you know. Elio will have edited out, you know, two different times where I, where I confused the living hell out of myself trying to explain this to you. So I can only, only imagine a casual viewer trying to figure out what the fuck is going on here after WWE tried to create some excitement and miserably failed in the process. Freaking... God, what in what in the hell is going on here? Help me. Okay, <laughs> on with what it wrong. How did we go from round to smackdown? What the hell? 
What is wrong with you? All right. <laughs> the next we had the next the ladies and Sabbath of Raw Underground. Now before we go on, Ben, this is uh, I think the second or third week we've seen Raw Underground. Or I the second week, right? Uh, it, 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 it's just, it's, it's awful. It's, it's a, it's a, this is the second week, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So what do you think of our new round? Yes, no? <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It's, it's like a, it's like it's a knockoff. Stupid. I don't like it. I don't like thing, it. You know, then, so, so it, it, it was, it was funny. So I, I figured, I figured let's, let's, let's lighten the mood here. And let's let's have some fun. So, so one of one of the things that I no, that I noticed on on social media um, was some people were um, complaining about the use of strippers on uh, or, or what looked like strippers, but really you know dancers. Um, as part of the presentation of, of raw raw underground, um, and uh, I to complain about the dancers. What's wrong with you? Because well, because it's a PG product, and, and some people are gonna get upset. But so I, I was I was telling my my brother this story and ex- explaining that logic to him, and um, and then. He was like, "Well, what do you think? What do you think your stripper name would be?" Because I, he, he said, "I, th- I think we, I think we could have some entertaining options given the fact you're in a, you're in a wheelchair." Oh God, oh no. So, so collectively, we came up with two different options: high octane, or. Or meal on wheels. <laughs> what? Wait, 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 wait. The second one. Wow. The second, the second one is, I don't know if you can take that. That's already a real thing. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Because the real thing is, is meals on wheels. Wait, no, no. Say, say it again. I didn't hear what did you say it was. So the actual thing that you're no, saying... No, no, what, what, no. What was uh, the one that, uh, the name that you came up with? So my my stripper name idea was Meal on Wheels. You know, because I'm in, I'm in a wheelchair acting stupid, you know, getting, you know, supposedly getting naked in the middle of this process. Okay. So, so yeah, it, it, it was a play on words. And, uh, and and so, Will and I were trying to trying to figure that out, and uh, we couldn't come to a general consensus. So I'm wondering I'm wondering what our listeners' opinion would be, and what and what your opinion would be. P and C exclusive. <laughs> exactly right. So, Raw Underground <clears throat> featured. Someone we haven't seen on television in I don't know how long because he kind of sucks. Riddick Moss was yeah. involved. Uh, and ladies, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't remember Riddick Moss, I don't blame I don't blame you worth a fuck. But um, but un- unfortunately, Elio and I, being uh, 
dedicated members of, of this podcast and trying to uh, pre- present you with the best content every week. We have to, we have to uh, subject ourselves to this on a constant basis. So, so unfortunately, I know exactly where Riddick Moss came from. Remember, he was Mojo Rally's, uh, you know, offensive lineman. <laughs> yeah, well, Jesus Christ, you know, so, somebody should somebody should have hiked hiked him the ball and had him run away from this motherfucking shit. And we had an NXT uh, member debut on Raw Underground, and that is Arturo Ruas, who used to compete under Cesar Bononi. Um, and and that was actually cool because you know that if you look him up, Arturo Arturo Ruas, he's a legitimate fucking badass. So why, I mean, but that brings me to my next point. And, it, and it's one that, that we covered the, la- the last time we had to try and make sense of this stuff. Okay? So if, if you're trying to present it as a real fight, why... Why would you put, um, you know, a, a superstar in there where they're probably gonna get killed? They're probably gonna get killed, and, or if they, or if they, if they win, then, then Arturo Ruas looks like a, looks like a moron because he lost a shoot fight against a, 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 a professional wrestling product. You see, you can't mix professional wrestling with MMA it just it do, it doesn't work because if, if you're if you're presenting something as an actual as an actual fight um, and then and, and then you expect us to, to to go back to a regular uh, wrestling match, which, which we even though we like it being presented as an actual fight, we know we know that professional wrestling is is a is a work partnership, and you know, and all of that between the two guys. So going back and forth between that that those two presentations just doesn't make any goddamn sense. And we got a. An- Surprise participant in Raw Underground and Sheena Baszler. She showed up. Okay. <laughs> so so wait wait a minute. You're you're gonna have you're gonna have Shayna Baszler beating the beating the shit out of people on on Raw Underground, but yet yet you're gonna bury her uh, on your your main roster. Yeah program uh what that that doesn't make any sense so pretty much to me what that what that indicates is that wwe is planning on burying her twice and this is uh the first time i've seen this this raw underground segment got a d plus oh my freaking god 
can we just can we just move on to 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 the to the highlight of the night? Then we move to... on. Then we move on to Randy Orton versus Kevin Owens. And I um you know the match was was fine, but let me let me tell you something. If this is what Randy Orton was capable of all this time, the you know, because the last time we saw this vicious of a Randy Orton, as I said last week, was in 2009. Um, you know, when he when he DDT'd uh, um, Stephanie McMahon off the ropes and then made out with her in front of a in front of a handcuffed. Uh, Triple H. Um, you know, I, I, I really, I really respect Randy Orton for this, but it's like, you know, if he was this capable of, of doing this, just, just have him be this for, for, not, for nine, for whatever, and, and have him, be, have him be a killer for as long as he has been because this makes Randy Orton look like a complete badass psychopath, which, which is an interesting, I swear, I didn't even do this on purpose, but you know, I call him a badass psychopath, but you know, he's going up against the Scottish psychopath, Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre, um, you know, and, and him, Going after, um, you know, Ric Flair in the way that he, in the way that he did, and showing that level of emotion, and and then being able to switch back into into just this cold-blooded killer kind of mentality, and and punt kick his mentor of twenty plus years, that that really shows a a vindictive uh, side to uh, Randy Orton that that we didn't we didn't realize quite was there because because the last time that Randy Orton had had this kind of heart to heart with Ric Flair um, was um, was back in 2005 I want to say he he was, uh, or no, it was, uh, it was, uh, 2003, either 2003, 2005. Anyway, um, so Randy Orton came out to, to the ring saying how he was such a big fan of, of, of Rick back in the day, and he used to dress up in the robe and do the woos and stuff like that in the mirror. And you know, and now, and now Rick was just a shell of himself, and and stuff like that. But it, it, I I can't do that promo justice. But if you um, it, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. But it, it reminded it reminded me of of that. So so just just thinking of the of the similarities between the two segments. Um, you know, 15 or so years apart was just, was just fantastic. Hey, you know, so Orton defeats 
Owens and then following the match, of course, he uh, he drops Ric Flair and goes to punt kick him. However, the lights go out. And that's how Raw ends. With the uh, lights going out, so we never actually get to see Orton punt kick Flair. Yeah, but we... Then, then we, then we did see Randy or uh, Drew McIntyre come out with a bunch of uh, backstage personnel. And he was like, you know, what, what the hell's wrong with you, Randy? Even him, you, you know, you son of a bitch, you know that kind of thing. So that me, that made me buy into this feud more, more than anything uh, so far. Um, between the two of them, and, and as I said the last several uh, several weeks, you know, I, I'm excuse me, I, I'm not a fan of um, Drew McIntyre losing the title at this point. But if if you're going to, then Randy Orton is is your only choice because he is on the the roll of his career. And unfortunately, that's the case for both guys. And one of them's going to come off um, for the worst. But I think, I think if Drew McIntyre lost, it would be much more damaging to him. Okay, and uh, so that's our review minute. Rob, we're going to switch over to NXT. Ben. Yeah, absolutely. Drinking Mountain Dew, and I happily zoned out for a minute. <clears throat> it tends to happen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back, and uh, I swear this this time my NXT review will be uh, much much less convoluted than my attempts at explaining um, the correlations between Raw and SmackDown. Um. We had we had a few um, uh, really uh, cool moments in the show. I would I would say two of them, and then the the rest was just was just really uh, filler. So I'm just gonna take you through um, the t- the two segments that I liked the most. Um, the first one was uh, to open the show. Um, so Keith Lee's in the ring and he's, he's demanding, um, Cross get his ass to the ring and and sign the contract and and blah, blah, blah. And then we see Karrion Cross on the, uh, on the Titantron. And, um, you know, he's like, you're, you, you know, you made the wrong decision doing, doing this the hard way. And, 
you know, your your time's up, and you know we're and we're coming, and and, uh, and we still weren't sure if if they were gonna um, if they were gonna come come to blows because because um, Keith Lee wanted to wanted to absolutely kill Carrying uh, Cross. But um, but then after after a, a bunch of goading from Keith Lee, out comes Karen Cross and Scarlet, and um, and they they come down to the side of the ring and Scarlet um, slides the contract um, over to um, to Keith Lee who. Who who signs the contract, and then and then Scarlet gives the contract to um, to Carrion, uh, who who signs it, and then this was the really cool part. Um, Scarlet kisses the kisses the contract and slides it back into uh, to Keith. Keith picks it up. And opens it up to see the to, to see Canyon Cross's signature, but instead there's there's a huge fireball um, that is uh, thrown in his face, and and you know of course Keith Lee is like a is like a is like a wound is like a wounded bull in a china shop, you know, just trying to kill Cross, but yet yet he got a fireball. Um, uh, thrown in his face, um, but you know, that's. I thought that I thought that was a really cool, uh, cool segment there. Um, and then, of course, the other the others uh, segment that I have to mention is um, is the return of Velveteen Dream, as as we mentioned before. Um, I thought that, that 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 was awesome because I've I've always been a fan of of Velveteen Dream and I was I was really I was really um, you know dreading the fact that his career was going to be was going to be wasted when he was um, it, when and if he was found uh, to be guilty of this and. And fired. So, but other other than that, this um, this episode of NXT was was really uh, really a mess um, because you know the rest of it just came off as filler. So that that's that's my take on NXT, and and with that in mind, we will. Toss it over to Elio for his review of AEW Dynamite. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite. TNT, and I will not fight. TNT, I'm a power load. TNT, watch me
Antonio, you got the ball, my friend. AEW Dynamite, it's okay. So the highlights for me here, let's see what we have. All right, I'm gonna, you know what? The opening match wasn't bad. I'm starting to like the Dark Order a lot more than I did when they debuted. And, and why is that, might I ask? Well, because now they're actually showing me something when they first debuted. They're just like these two guys with all these creepers around, but now they're actually like showing that they they can go in the ring, they can wrestle. And this match against Paige and Omega, no, this match against the Young Bucks was pretty good, and I liked the ending where they are uh, trapped, um, believe, by Nick Jackson in the tunnel. Uh, but it was kind of stupid uh, that uh, they were they were about to deliver their finisher, and out of nowhere, Matt Jackson just rolls them up and takes up the win. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean the the thing that can the the thing that um, you know really gets me about the the Young Bucks is like. They'll have they'll have these matches that are that are amazing, and then they'll, they'll just you know. But there's just something about them that I I can't necessarily buy into, even even though even though I I acknowledge the fact that they're one of the best. It's just um, it's just I don't I don't I don't like the fact that um. That, that there's really no um, there's a, there's a lot of sizzle uh, to to that team, but um, it's just there's, there's not enough there's not enough stake when you get past the the um, the the flips and the, and the no selling. Okay, and um. The other thing, uh, okay, which thing this MJF uh, stuff that that on the show? I absolutely loved it. Why is that? Because tell tell me, Ben. Well, I get comfortable here, Ben. I are you in your comfort <laughs> zone, Benjamin? You you're damn right. <laughs> oh my god! You know what? I want to. I want to go back just. Did you know how many times he calls Moxley John or Jonathan and take a drink every time I hear that name? Well, man, you're you're gonna be seeing you're gonna be seeing triple for a few days, No, but I, actually, one thing I really can't stand is the way he says "bud." I I, I love it. It's, Why? It's, it sounds like a twelve-year-old. It's it, it's it's great. He's he's so, he's so, he's so good. He's such a good heel. I'm sorry. Uh, have, I'm sorry. Have you seen him on Rosie O'Donnell? Yeah. She. Well, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> um, but the the thing that the thing that I love was when was when he was doing the um doing the walk through the hallway with the security. Um, it was it was an exact replica of what Samoa Joe did to him 
when MJF was used as a as a as a security guard in a backstage segment. And what? What was that? I'm sorry, did that miss that or? Yeah, it, but I'm not even gonna tell you. It, it's all it's all it's all over Twitter, and and once you once you see it, you're you're gonna really appreciate it. So I don't. No, but no, I don't, but what, what show was it? So so okay. So MJ MJF was mimicking. A, a segment that no, 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 was, no, no, I'm saying which show was that where Samoa Joe with Samoa Joe where they used MGF. Oh, that was, um, it, it was, it was an episode where, um, where uh, Samoa Joe was NXT champion and he, um, he kind of pushed, um, he kind of pushed MJF out of the way. Oh yes, that's and, why. That's why I don't remember because I because I never really was started watching NXT regular. Okay. Yeah. Well. Um. Well, back. Well, back in that back in that day. Um. I I kind of I kind of was a regular, but um. I of course I wouldn't have caught this, but one I don't want to spoil it for you, but take. Take our word for it. For those of us that have seen it, that you're, you're that you're gonna get a, a real big kick out of out of that. So, all right then. Um, uh, one the one match I didn't like was Omega and Page versus Jurassic Express. Okay, I, I I've said it before. Um, you know, should we just I feel like we should insert, you know, jungle sound effect or something, you know, because I just, I can't get past stupidity of this gimmick. I, I feel, I feel like we should, we should play, we should play the audio of, 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 Tarzan looking like looking like an idiot in front of Jane or something. It's just. Hey, it's, that, did you know that Luchasaurus loves his mom? Oh, good for him! I love my mom too. <laughs> did you catch it? That did you did you catch that at the end when he uh, what he said on the entrance? Um, n- n- no, but oh, okay, okay. This is him. He said. Because remember, I shy told you that I found his birth certificate, right? AEW posted on Instagram. Yeah. This is, he looks at the camera. He says, "65 million years later, and I got I get a title shot. I love me, mom." Oh God! I'm like what? I'm like why? <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> oh God. Oh man. That's why, this, I can't, that's why I can't dig Jurassic Express seriously. This this man has a has a fucking master's degree in medieval literature, and they've reduced him to a to a uh, you know dinosaur gimmick. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I think the guy behind the Luchasaurus gimmick is very talented. I just I just think that um, 
the, that the stable doesn't, the, it's not landing for me. Okay, so that's pretty much uh, all I have to say for AEW this week. It was just an okay show. It wasn't as fun as the past few weeks. So with that, uh, we're going to go into SmackDown, and then this, we're going to fire up the DeLorean and close out the show for the week. Well, and, and this this will be an abbreviated uh, Smack, SmackDown review since I already ranted about what I needed to rant about um, earlier on, um, and, and 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 damn near gave myself a, a heart attack in the process. <clears throat> but again, we shall persevere. Are you ready? So, um, all all of the rest of, of the show, in in my opinion, uh, was an absolute just travesty. I I hate, I just hate this this retribution gimmick. I I, I don't. Well, then I you started. It's not even the real people. They're 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 standing. Well, that's my point, right? So you, you don't know who they are. You don't have that on paper as to who they're going to be. You think we'll see that at SummerSlam? Well, well, no, but but just let me let me further explain the stupidity of of this scenario. So. This is supposed to be your big storyline to kind of write the ratings ship, which is unstable because it's got a bigger hole in it than Titanic. I mean, God damn. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. You know, you, you don't know who's going to be in it. And this was your your big plan, and 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 Vince Vince doesn't know, and and last, lastly he, you have what what looked like you know people that were my nine year old nephew's size. Um, actually, he might be taller and certainly better looking than these motherfuckers. And then um, you know, and then this week. You have, you know, what what look to, what looks to be decently sized in, individuals. Now, the, the 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 one the one bit of credit I will give is maybe this was a response to the criticism from last week, and you know, so, someone someone finally pointed it out, but. The, the fact that nobody catches these things, you know, in, in the rehearsal of the, or the script writing process is baffling to me. It's just 
absolutely baffling. You expect you expect you know security guards to stop people with chainsaws and fucking bricks and shit. Like, are you kidding me? Am, am I missing something? End of rant. Hold on, you didn't like Braun Strowman's new look? No. Okay, yeah. Uh, whatever, I'm not a Braun. We already know uh, what I think of Braun, so. Uh, and, uh, go, and on, trust, go on, go on, <laughs> Trust me, I, if you missed it, I went on an absolutely epic uh, rant regarding my, uh, my displeasure over, uh, re- over some recent comments made in regard to the state of wrestling and, and wrestlers who are not working in, in the course of, of the COVID outbreak. So if you if you missed that and you enjoy hearing me get so pissed off, I I I sound like I'm like I'm a drug you know like I'm a drug addled individual. Then I think you'll enjoy that. Okay. So is this all for uh, SmackDown? Uh yeah. All right. Well, that was the previous version. You were not lying, sir. <laughs> All right. So we bet when you say we fight with the Mandalorian. Yes, and, and aren't you aren't you proud of me? We're actually gonna we're actually gonna get out of here with a with a decent time, and <laughs> it'll it'll give you time to uh, to edit everything, and and we're gonna have a lot of content uh, dropping for everybody. Going into uh, going into the go home shows for SummerSlam. Okay, so Ben, this week we are going back to Sunday, August fifteenth, two thousand four. What are you doing on this day? Well, let's see. Let's see. What was I doing? Well, I, I certainly didn't. I certainly wasn't getting the pay per view because I didn't start getting pay per views until two thousand nine. All right, and on this date. In 2004, WWE held their annual SummerSlam from the Air Canada Center right here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I'm so I'm so upset that I couldn't go, but that's neither here nor there nor anywhere else. Right. Shall, shall we call on um, on on Lord Alfred Hayes to to launch an investigation into the past crime that was committed against you? Yes. <laughs> okay, so SummerSlam 2004, we had Sherry Lawler, Jim Ross, Michael Cole, and 
Ben's best friend, Taz, on the announced team. And we had a total of eight matches on this card. The opening match had the Dudley Boys defeating Rey Mysterio, Billy Kidman, and Paul London. So, uh, this, is a, this was just an okay match. Now, um, the following match was a till death do us part match. Kane defeating Matt Hardy. This, of course, being the storyline where uh, Kane was, quote, married to Lita. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, I still remember the look on her face, on her face at the altar. I mean, Good lord, and and then uh, and then of course um, we all we all know where that storyline ended up uh, within within less than a year. So we had a next we had a best of five match series, and this was the first of the best of five. John Cena defeating Booker T. I I, I love I love these this series of matches. I I remember specifically. Watching these and 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 I absolutely loved it. In a three-way match for the Intercontinental Championship, Edge defeating Batista and Chris Jericho to retain the championship. That was followed by Kurt Angle defeating Eddie Guerrero. Oh, two two of my all-time favorites. I could I could watch I I could watch those two work. All day long. And then we had Triple H defeating Eugene. Eugene at this time was involved in the storyline with uh, Triple H. uh, And that brought in uh, William Regal, who we had never really seen in a face role. He was always portrayed as a heel. Yeah, so so I, I I remember this segment vividly because I've actually... I've actually gone back and, and watched it so watched it several times. So um, Triple H is absolutely livid that um, that Eugene cost him uh, cost him the world heavyweight title uh, the the previous evening. So he's He's demand. He's de- demanding that um, you know, he come out and 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 face the con- the consequences of his actions. And um, and so William Regal com- William Regal comes out and says, "Sorry, I I can't allow you to um, per- to perpetrate that against you know, dear sweet Eugene." Um, and then he, he goes into, uh, his own history with Triple H, um, because if, if fans don't remember, in 1993, um, Triple H and, uh, and Regal were a tag team in WCW. Um, so that is that was a throwback, and that was a very good, uh, very good tie-in to the promo. I, I found that very uh, well done. And he says, um, 
he says that Eugene was out with with his new best friends. Or no, no, that was that was something else. But um, but yeah, I I loved I loved these segments and and the and the emotion that was was brought out of of Eugene and. Uh, Triple H and I, I absolutely loved uh, Triple H as a heel because he he did something on a consistent basis that is so lacking in today's WWE uh, landscape. He he whether he was whether he was a face or a heel. He made you believe that the World Heavyweight Championship was the most important thing ever, and and in this and in this current um, product, it feels like the the titles don't mean jack shit, and 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 that bothers me because that. That undermines the whole purpose of having a professional wrestling show. Okay, then we have a we had a championship match now uh, with uh, John Bradshaw Layfield defeating the Undertaker by disqualification. I remember this. Um, see, this is why fans are so stupid. We had one fan jump the rafter and and like dive right into the roof of JBL's limo. During broke, this match, you broke up a little bit. Sorry. Um. Okay. The, uh, JBL defeating Undertaker by disqualification to retain the WWE Championship, and this is why fans, some fans, are stupid. We had a fan jump the rafters and dive into the roof of JBL's limo. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I must have I must have missed that. I'll have to go I'll have to go back and take a look. And in the main event, the um, the the unnamed the person that shall not be named loses the WWE the World Heavyweight Championship to Randy Orton, who becomes the youngest WWE World Heavyweight Champion at the time at the age of twenty four. Yes, and he would lose it only 28 days later um, to Triple H after after um, Randy spit in his face. Yep. So. All right, so that is our review of WWE SummerSlam 2004. Bad Way to show to a close. Yes, absolutely. We didn't even do any breaks uh, this week. We don't need breaks. Uh, <laughs> All right. In, in the words of Triple H, it's because we're that damn good. And that, and, and that makes sense considering we are the Cerebral Palsy Assassins and, and or, if you prefer, we are the Cerebral Palsy Kamikaze. So, if anything can be said, Triple H still argument. Because we live this shit. To him, it's just a gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was your brain should do a close.
Absolutely. All right. So, Ben, I'm Elio. This is PC for your show some podcast. We'll talk to you all next week. Ben, say goodbye to the fans. Goodbye, fans. In, in, in the meantime, between, between this and the next show, get a petition started for me against Triple H. I want royalties, goddammit. <laughs>